Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith and I am here to bring you the weekend warm-up, our show that brings you a recap of all the week's biggest news related to Bayern Munich or Germany. And uh, wow, where to start? I mean, we are at the beginning of a new season and uh, if you just listened to the preview show, uh, you would know that uh, I wasn't expected to do that one, but jumped in on short notice and uh, threw something together for you guys to listen to and hopefully get ready for the game. So I'm not going to dive too much into the big match between Bayern Munich and Borussia Mönchengladbach, but what I will dive into is some of the big news that we saw this week and some other hot topics that have arisen over the course of the last seven days. So, uh, you know, it's been quite a week. Uh, the biggest news that was out there all week uh, that we haven't seen break yet is that nearly everyone was expecting Joshua Kimmich to extend his contract uh, on Wednesday. Uh, did not happen. And then Thursday came, and I think we were all expecting that. And it didn't happen on Thursday either. But by all accounts, uh, there is nothing to worry about on that front. It just appears that Byron is delaying it. Now, you know, if you put your tinfoil hat on, some people are speculating that they are working on an extension with Leon Goretzka at the same time, and they are hoping to be able to get that done so they can announce both players at the same time, which would be kind of a symbolic type thing, given that the two are uh, so intertwined, not just at the club level, but for country with Germany. I mean, these are the two starting central midfielders, uh, for both Germany and Bayern Munich. And I don't think that uh, there are many midfield duos on earth that can really match those two in terms of talent and performance. Uh, so if Bayern Munich can find a way to get those extensions done, it would be great. Uh, if they can announce them soon, it would be even better. But I'd expect either way that we see Kimmich's announcement probably on Slowdown Sunday, uh, I mean, it's possible that Byron would break the news out on a Saturday, but usually on Sunday, there's, you know, clubs love to have their, uh, you know, any type of big news out there and it, you don't want to share the spotlight. So, you know, Sunday might be a good day for that to happen for Bayern Munich with Kimmich. But the great news is that it looks like he will be back in the fold and there are rumors that the contract would be through 2025. We've also seen... Some reports say 2026, so uh, that'll be interesting to see uh, when the news comes out. But either way, great news with Joshua Kimmich, and it looks like, you know, as we talked about, Leon Goretzka is also making some progress there. As for <laughs> another midfielder on the team, Quarantan Taliso, uh, it's, you know, it's just really unfortunate for this guy. I mean, what a talent he is. He, uh, not just a, a good box-to-box midfielder who brings athleticism and desire, agility, uh, just everything you would want in a midfielder to play both ends of the pitch. He just un he just unfortunately can't stay healthy. And, you know, he hasn't looked right since he suffered that major injury. And, you know, I think we've all been waiting for him to get back to, to what he was. And he, you know, it's an unfortunate case because he looks like one of these players that that doesn't ever fully recover from that injury. And the scary part is, even playing in the form that he is, and maybe being a little bit more limited than he was earlier in his career, he's still good. 
I don't understand why more clubs aren't clamoring to get him if his asking price is really 10 million euro. Uh, I mean, I look at him and I see still potential. I see a, a player that just needs a fresh start. And, uh, you know, like we just talked about, I mean, when you have Kimmich and Goretzka, you're not breaking into the lineup. And you're certainly not going to jump in over Thomas Muller as well and, and play that attacking midfield slash secondary striker role. Um, it's just not going to happen. And, you know, it's a numbers game. And for Tolisso, he, he's a good enough player that I think if he went to the right spot, he gets in the right situation, he could really revive his career. And, and for his sake, I hope it happens. Because, you know, I, listen, I, I haven't always been a fan of his performances, especially since he's returned from that knee injury. But this is a guy who undeniably has talent. He has such good ability. I want to see him make it. It's just probably not going to happen with Bayern Munich. And I think for him and for fans alike, it's it's just time to support him while he's here. But, you know, to know that for him to get back on track, he's going to have to leave. Which leads us right into another midfield story, and that is the pursuit of Marcel Sabitzer. Uh, you know, this has been going on for a couple of weeks now. You know, we heard how quote-unquote hot it was at one point, but uh, right now things seem to have cooled off, and there are just reports and reports and reports that state, you know, things are heating up, things are advanced, and then you see other ones that are that say, like, no, nothing's going on, uh, Leipzig hasn't received any offers, there's no talks yet, and, and we really don't know what to believe. The only thing that I can ascertain from all of this is that Bayern Munich does indeed want Marcel Sabitzer, and that Marcel Sabitzer absolutely wants to come to Bayern Munich. I think those two things we can't deny at this point. We haven't really seen Sabitzer linked to anyone else. We do know that he's entering the final year of his contract, and for a club like Leipzig, they are not inclined to let him walk away for free. I mean, I don't want to come out and call them a selling club, but you know, in the end, they're they're not going to let an asset walk away without making money off of it. That is just not their mo. Uh, even if he does hold a big key to their Champions League hopes this season, uh, you know, they're going to try and make some money off of a valuable asset. It really just all comes down to. Can Bayern Munich generate enough revenue from selling other players like Tolisso to get uh, enough for a decent proposal to Leipzig for Sabitzer? And you know that's the part that worries me. I don't doubt that Bayern can come up with the budget to pay Sabitzer. I don't doubt that they want Sabitzer. I just wonder if they're going to deviate from their conservative fiscal stance and take a chance to, to go after a good player like Sabitzer. Now, the only thing that might help push this along, and which is this is going to lead into the next topic we're going to go to, is that Julian Nagelsmann has now, for the first time really, addressed the fact that he thinks the roster is thin. And, you know, for what we saw last season when Hansi Flick started barking about this, and when we heard Hansi Flick had certain players that he wanted, that he wanted to coach, and he thought would be better fits for the roster, that was the beginning of the schism between the coaching staff and the front office. I'm not saying that Nagelsmann's quotes, which ironically were very similar to what Lothar said uh, just the day before about the roster being thin, I'm not saying that's going to set off some kind of scrap between the front office and the coaching staff like we saw last season. Uh, 
But what I'm saying is it wasn't just all Hansi Flick being some kind of egomaniac this year. He saw the same things that we saw as fans that Julian Nagelsmann is seeing now and that you know, some, reportedly some of the front office is seeing, and that's just that the roster isn't deep enough at this stage. And, and, and you can look at a million reasons for that. We're not going to sit here and blame the sporting director for the roster being this thin. Yes, he, he did absolutely play a role in, in setting this roster up. And yes, his transfer window, uh, summer transfer window last season that led to players like Bunasar and Mark Roca and Douglas Costa, I mean, it was a failure. And again, I'm not going to go back and point to Sané because we're giving Sané that grace period. He was in his first year after an ACL. He moved to a new club. He had to acclimate. We're giving him that grace period. Everybody's giving it to him. The club is giving him that. But like everyone else, they want to see Sané produce this year. And if Sané can produce, then great. Brazo has earned himself a grace period. But if Sané doesn't produce, I think the heat will firmly be on Brazo because that was the white whale pursuit. That was what Brazo banked his career on. It went on for 18 months. It cost Bayern getting other players. And it certainly put them in a weird spot financially at the end of last season's summer transfer window because they did not get anyone of impact because they had no money to get good players. Again, I don't want to. I don't want to count Roca out yet. I know that he's he he's battling an injury right now. He didn't get much of a chance last season. We can even give him another one. But you know, if you want to tell me Bunasar is a failure, I'm with you. Douglas Costa, absolutely a failure. And even you know the deal that Byron made after the deadline for Tiago Dantas. I mean, let's be honest, that was a failure too. None of those players worked out. So yes, the heat is on Brazo. I think that Nagelsmann stating that he thinks the roster is thin is going to implore Byron to try and get something done. Um, you know, Sabitzer is the primary target. And if his price, his, his rumored price, which is 18 to 20 million euro is correct, how do you not make that deal? How do you not find the funds to do that? I, I, I don't know how they have to do it. I don't know their budgetary situation. But I would believe a club as big as Bayern Munich should have the capacity to get 18 to 20 million on call if they needed to secure a great player like Sabitzer. Now, where Sabitzer plays and how much he plays from here, I have no idea. And uh, we can talk for hours about that later. But right now, I think this is a point where, you know, enough has been made about how thin the roster is. No one really internally or externally feels comfortable with it. So. They need to address it, and they need to go out and get a good quality player. And whether that's Sabitzer or someone else, at this point, it really doesn't matter. Um, they just need to do something. Now, we've also seen reports that they're looking for a right back, but trying to find a good right back right now, I mean, let's be honest, it's not easy. There aren't many good candidates out there. Um, you're not going to get Sergino Dest this offseason. You're just not, it's not going to happen. Um, the candidates aren't there, so... As much as the club might want another right back, as much as fans might be pushing for another right back, whether you like it or not, Benjamin Pavar is the best option you have. And I'm not one of these people who is ready to push Pavar out the door. I think he's a perfectly fine right back. I'm, I'm happy with his performances. I, I, I think the first half of last season when he was injured and battling back from injuries, I mean, yeah, he was up and down. But I thought in the second half of the year he was fine. And 
And right now I'm comfortable with Nicholas Sula manning the position until Bavar comes back. Like I'm okay with this. I am not someone that needs to rush out and get a right back right now. I'm more concerned about other areas of the team, quite honestly. Um, you know, I'm concerned that the wings are, are, you know, three wings are inconsistent. Uh, I'm worried that maybe that's not just something that happened last year. Maybe that's who these guys are. I'm worried about that. I'm worried about what happens if Kimmich or Goretzka gets hurt, especially if they're hurt for the long term, because right now their backups are one player, Taliso, who is has one foot out the door and was told that he's not in the plans moving forward. And Roca, who is injured and uh, couldn't find a way to get on the field barely at all last season. Um, you know, after that, you start looking into the young players, many of whom I like, but I get the concern of why things uh, are considered quite thin in the ranks of the depth chart at Bayern Munich. So those are all things that I think are really valid. They're all big discussion points right now. And I think there is a, a bit of pressure on Brazo to take a look at that midfield, to take a look at right back, to take a look at wing, and figure out, you know, where he needs to address problems and what can wait. And uh, whatever he decides right now could go a long way. And not just uh, playing a part in how people view his legacy at Bayern Munich, but uh, maybe his future employment, because I'm not so sure that the front office is really happy with how things shook out last year between Flick and Brazo. One, that there was this big of a disagreement that it caused Flick to leave. Two, that it went public and it just dominated the media for, for months, really, until it became clear that Flick was going to leave. And three, unfortunately, when you sign your, your name to someone like Leroy Sané, who, you know, Brazo kind of put his reputation on, if that player doesn't work out, Unfortunately, as a sporting director or general manager or any type of executive in charge of acquisitions, you probably lose your gig uh, if that doesn't pan out. So I think we have a lot to watch this season in terms of, of player performance, and uh, that is certainly one that we will definitely keep an eye on over the course of the season. And uh, that's going to lead me right into my final topic, and it is Sané. Um, this week we saw Leroy Sané come out and say that he does not want to be judged by his goals and assists. And that's a pretty bold statement for a forward because, um, you know, primarily forwards are judged on their goals or assists. Now, Sané wanted the focus to be on whether he performs in big matches, which is understood. Um, he's paid big money. Uh, he's got a big reputation. He is expected to not just... Uh, show up for big matches but perform exceptionally well in those matches and, and that includes scoring and and setting people up for assists so um with assists so I, I think that you know he may want to try and dictate how people view him but you know with the 18 month pursuit with all of the hype the hundreds and hundreds of stories that were written about that pursuit um, and just how he was made to be a quote-unquote wing savior, um, you know, he's got to live with that pressure. Um, and, and, you know, here's another thing. He, he signed a deal, which he should have, that made him one of the richest players on the team. Uh, even, he's even paid higher, according to reports, than Thomas Muller and Manuel Neuer. Which, to me, i got to be honest, that is so absurd. Um, sure. I, listen, I like Sané's talent as much as anyone. 
Bayern Munich, though, knew he had suffered an ACL injury. And despite modern medicine and recovery and everything that that doctors and physios do these days to get players back to 100%, you just never know if a player is going to recover. Now, last season, what we saw from Sané is that, one, he struggled at the beginning to fit in. Now, it sounds weird because he had a dynamic first game with Bayern Munich, but over the course of the coming weeks and months, he really did struggle to fit in. At first, it was him not embracing his defensive uh, responsibilities. And that was a problem, and, and it did cause him to get benched. But on the bright side, as the season went on, he did embrace those, and he proved that he is a very good and capable defensive player. Secondly, Sané, you know, when he started the season, his decision-making was, was not great. Like, let's be honest, he had some terrible decisions at times. At certain points, he looked like a selfish player. But, again, he did change some things around. He became much more of a playmaker and a creator as the season went on. The biggest problem with him, just like Kingsley Coman and just like Serge Canabry, is he did not do anything consistently. So one game, Leroy Sané would put it all together and look phenomenal. And the next game, he would disappear for large parts and get benched. And that's frustrating. And it's frustrating because you went through 18 months of a a courtship to get him. Then you find out that he's paid incredibly well, uh, more so than all but one person on the team, apparently. You expect more given that. And I think that's where fans were disappointed. And like I said, and I'll say it a million times, he needed the grace period that Brazo wanted to give him. He had the ACL injury. He was acclimating to a new team with new responsibilities uh, for him and his position. And as I said, he did some things great. Other times, he did not do well. So at this point, we have to look at him. And as Brazo said just a few weeks ago, it, it's kind of make or break for him. He's got to perform this year. And when he comes out and he says that I don't want to be judged by goals and assists, listen, it's a it's a reasonable request, right? You can you can ask people not to judge you that way, but yeah, that's how you're going to be judged. You, you have to produce. If you're an offensive attacker, you must produce, you must perform, and that is how you get judged. And if if Leroy Sané doesn't like that, you know maybe he could be that outside back that Julian Nagelsmann's been looking for <laughs> of late. But listen, I hope Sané has a great season. If you don't identify or respect his talent, you're just you're not watching. This is a, a super talented player. I don't even want to get into how people view or perceive his attitude. I don't know. I'm not there. I don't know if he's a distraction. Listen, here there are players who have been at Bayern Munich who were a distraction, who made issues in the locker room. James Rodriguez, Renato Sanchez. These are players who openly had issues. You know, these got reported on in the media. We haven't seen really much of anything about that with Sonny. If anything, his teammates have supported him. His coaches have all spoken up for him. Even Hansi Flick, who did not really want Sonny on the squad, took him in, embraced him, worked to make him a better, more well-rounded player, which he did, and now has talked very fondly about him. So, I mean, factoring all of that in, this is a good player. This is a player that can make a difference for Bayern Munich, but... I don't know if he's going to get there. And, and that's one of the best subplots of the season. Can he get there? Can Leroy Sané get back to his his, his great form and, and, and fit in at Bayern Munich? And that's what I think mostly everyone is waiting to see. Um, and we'll get a good chance to see that against Gladbach because 
you know, he should be in line for a start, as I talked about in the preview show, but we'll see. You just never know how things are going to play out in the uh, mad mind of Julian Nagelsmann. So uh, with that, I think that, you know, we can look at just quickly look at Nagelsmann and and what we expect from him uh, as we look at the season. Um, you know, he's already spoken out about the, the thin roster. He's already started working on building relationships with players, which is excellent. Um, but this is all going to take some time. It's going to take some patience from fans. It's going to take some patience from players and especially take some patience from the front office. Uh, you know, I firmly believe he's a good coach. I firmly believe he's going to do some good things at Bayern Munich, but it's not going to be easy. Being the hunted for the first time in his career, he's going to have to figure out a way to mentally deal with that. As he is himself has said, every week he's going to get every team's best effort. Um, while he did coach good teams at Hoffenheim and, and RB Leipzig, uh, it's the way teams approach and attack Bayern Munich is not, you know, he hasn't seen that before. Beating RB Leipzig or Hoffenheim never made anyone season. If you beat Bayern Munich, it's sure as hell does. So, um, you know, this is going to be a fun season. There are a lot of subplots. You've got Sané, you've got Sabitzer, <laughs> you've got Sula and seeing where he fits in in the center back role. You've got Pavar. Can he convince anyone other than me that he can play right back? You've got all the wings just trying to find consistency. You've got Thomas Muller, who of late has been people expressing some doubt about whether he can handle the workload of returning to Germany and playing for Bayern Munich. Uh, you know, Robert Lewandowski, will he stay or will he go? Uh, this is, this is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, <laughs> we've got a lot to watch. Uh, you know, I, for one, am, am very excited about this season and I hope you are too. So with that, we'll wrap it up. Uh, I wanted to make this one a little short because, you know, I just pushed the preview show out as well. I promise that won't be happening much. We'll, we'll be getting the preview show out early on Thursdays and the weekend warm up will of course be coming out on Fridays. So, uh, you know, you won't have to worry about things just, you know, buckling up against each other. You know, we're also going to have our post game show and our flagship show, uh, which, you know, are a lot of fun. And as I've said many times, this, this thing at BFW only gets better when there's less of me. on it. So we want to uh, get more voices in and, you know, we're going through some things with the staff and getting people up to speed and ready to, to, to make their podcast debuts. So we're working on that behind the scenes and you should hear some of these new voices and hear them consistently. Uh, in fact, you'll have a, a nice treat for the post game show is I need no name will be on that one. So uh, you, you, I'm sure you'll want to give that a listen because if by some measure uh, Bayern Munich loses the match, I'm sure that will be must uh, must listen material because he'll probably unravel. He could even cry if they, <laughs> so, uh, I'm just joking about that, but it'll be a lot of fun. So check him out after the game. And then the flagship show this week will probably be Tom and I discussing some things, big news of the week, and probably just touching on the game a little bit as well. So thanks for hanging in. Thanks for listening. Follow the site for all the all of the news and opinions heading into the game. Then you'll get our great game coverage. And uh, 
you know, things are really going to be a lot of fun. So I hope you enjoy this and let us know what you think. Thanks for listening.